Hello and welcome to the Pandemic Podcast, a Deccan Herald podcast focusing on COVID-19. This is Ahmed Sharif with the latest roundup on the situation. It's day 15 of the 21-day lockdown in India imposed to stop the spread of the novel coronavirus. In this episode, we bring you ground insights from the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir, where physical and internet lockdowns are not new at all, and the coronavirus pandemic has only added to the burden. We're also talking to a special person doing interesting things, and we have our regular DH fact check. At the time of this recording on April 8, Wednesday 6 a.m., the total number of cases in the country has crossed 5200. As many as 521 new cases were recorded on April 7, while we saw 510 cases on April 6. According to John Hopkins Corona Research Center, India is now in the top 25 nations affected by coronavirus. We stand 24th in terms of total infections globally. Almost 419 people have recovered. The official death toll shown on the Union Ministry of Health and Family Welfare is 124. Now let's move on to the most infected states. Yesterday Maharashtra crossed 1000 cases mark recording 1018 cases amounting to almost 1/5 of the total cases in India. Tamil Nadu stands second with 690 cases, Delhi came third with 576, Telangana came fourth with 364, and Kerala stands fifth with 336 cases. Today our focus is on the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir. Deccan Herald Sprint Edition carried a news item today on how doctors are struggling with shortage of personal protection equipment and are trying to manage with what they have. You can read the story on www.deccanherald.com and on our e-paper available on deccanheraldepaper.com as well. My colleague Varsha Gowda spoke to our correspondent from Srinagar, Zulfikar Majid, who reported the story that describes the plight of doctors in Jammu and Kashmir. Hello, this is Varsha and with us today is Zulfikar Majid, the DH correspondent from Srinagar. Zulfikar, I read your report in which you described the status of doctors who skip taking lunch and loo breaks in order to save personal protective equipment. Would you explain to our listeners what's going on and the overall condition of the medical infrastructure? Yes, Varsha, the report is regarding Sheri Kashmir Institute of Medical Sciences, Srinagar, the only tertiary care hospital in Kashmir, where doctors skip lunch breaks and work non-stop for eight hours in a single protective gear. The doctors say there is a possibility of a tsunami of coronavirus cases in Kashmir in coming days, and there will be a huge shortage of PPE. Mm. By saving some this time, they are preparing for the future fight with the deadly disease. As you know, Jammu and Kashmir's healthcare system is in a precarious situation, even growing anxiety and fear regarding COVID-19. So far, 125 people have been declared positive in Jammu and Kashmir, with three among them dead. Despite having trained doctors, the primary health centers and district hospitals in Jammu and Kashmir are not well equipped and have only limited infrastructure and main power. JNK has a population of 12.5 million. and merely 200 ventilators with many of them defunct so you can imagine if in coming days the cases of coronavirus rise where will patients go definitely that is concerning um do you have good internet facilities these days no unfortunately we have the same 2g internet services as you know mm-hmm. the high speed internet and other uh, communication facilities were snapped last year in august 
when the center abrogated Jammu and Kashmir's special status under Article 370. Since then, mobile and other communication facilities have been restored, but the internet is only 2G, mm -hmm. and it is creating huge problems in fight against the COVID-19. Doctors, mm -hmm. patients, students, and the general public are unable to access the latest information, guidelines, advisories, daily updates, and and students are also suffering. As you are aware that educational institutions across the country have now started arranging interactive online classes to help students during the lockdown. But mm. students in Jammu and Kashmir, they find it very difficult to keep pace with their counterparts due to lack of internet speed. Um, please tell us a little bit about how the communities in Jammu as well as Kashmir are reacting to the containment efforts. As you know, the nationwide lockdown was imposed in the third week of March across the country by the Prime Minister mm -hmm. of India. But it, it started in Kashmir two days earlier because the first positive case was detected on March 18. Mm -hmm. And same evening, the authorities imposed restrictions in Kashmir. So far, hundreds of people have been booked and hundreds of vehicles have been seized by the police mm. for defying the prohibitory orders. But mm. overall, there has been good community support and good community response in Kashmir. As you know, there are 58,500 migrant laborers, it's according to the government figures, who are stranded in Jammu and Kashmir this time. The people, mm. the locals are taking care of them. They're providing them food. They're providing them shelter. In some cases, those migrant workers who are living here on rent, the landlords have not taken any rent from them. So there mm. is, has been a positive community response in Kashmir so far. So can you tell us a little bit about how the pandemic has affected the tourism business in Kashmir and Jammu? The COVID-19 has affected tourism across the world and Kashmir is no exception. But unfortunately, tourism industry in Kashmir has been suffering from the last eight months. As you know, since August, the tourist arrivals in Kashmir are almost nil. Mm. When the security lockdown was imposed by the government last August after the abrogation of Article 370, Kashmir has witnessed the lowest tourist arrivals in, in these months. The tourism season starts to peak in valley from April when almond and tulip blooms as the government opens recreational parks like Tulip Garden. And tourism players had pinned all hopes of revival on Supreme. But unfortunately, now with the COVID-19 pandemic spreading across the world, the hopes have been dashed. And in coming months also, there are <coughs> hopes that nobody is going to come to Kashmir like rest of the world. Yes, that is concerning. Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us on Pandemic Podcast, Zulfikar. Have a nice day. That was Varsha Gowda in conversation with Zulfikar Majid. Coming back to Karnataka, there were 12 new cases in the state, which took the total number of cases to 175. Bengaluru now has 45 cases. In an exclusive interview with Deccan Herald, Karnataka Chief Minister B.S. Yadurappa said that the state is doing everything that needs to be done to contain coronavirus and is taking all religious communities into confidence in its efforts. B.S. Yadurappa also told Deccan Herald that Karnataka might consider exiting the lockdown by easing restrictions in 11 out of the 30 districts where no COVID-19 cases have been reported. Do check out the Chief Minister's full interview on Deccan Herald's YouTube channel where he speaks about a host of other interesting issues related to Karnataka. Meanwhile, several states have pitched for an extension of the lockdown after April 14th, flagging the dangers of lifting it in one go across India. 
मध्य प्रदेश चीफ मिनिस्टर शिवराज सिंह चौहान एंड तेलंगाना सीएम के चंद्रशेखर राव बैटर फॉर एन एक्सटेंशन ऑफ रिस्ट्रिक्शन द उत्तर प्रदेश गवर्नमेंट मेड इट क्लियर द लॉकडाउन विद कंटिन्यू ऑन द स्टेट स्टॉप रिपोर्टिंग न्यू केसेस इन दियर रूल बिहार इज लाइकली टू कंटिन्यू विद पार्सल लॉकडाउन आफ्टर अप्रिल फोर्टींथ adding to this the health ministry in its daily press briefing on tuesday highlighted an icmr study which showed that if one covid patient does not follow lockdown orders or does not practice social distancing he or she can infect 406 people in 30 days if lockdown orders and social distancing are maintained the same person can infect only 2.5 persons in 30 days all this means that the ongoing 21 day lockdown that is supposed to end on April 14th might in all probability continue in large parts of the country especially in populated cities and areas that already have infections The World Health Organization warned on Tuesday that the world has 28 million nurses right now and needs nearly 6 million nurses more The WHO underscored the role played by nurses who make up more than half of all health workers worldwide and their shortage Meanwhile reports say that the United States has begun taking blood samples from across the country to determine the true number of people infected with the coronavirus using a test that works retrospectively these will be serological tests which are different from the nasal swabs used to determine if someone currently has the virus these tests look for certain antibodies in the blood which shows that the person fought and then recovered from the illness even if they never showed symptoms These tests are seen as key to gradually easing lockdown by allowing those who have proven immunity to re-enter society. Germany is also considering issuing immunity certificates to people on similar lines. Now let's move on to the most interesting part. Let's hear my colleague Elsie Bramani talk to a very interesting person today on the interesting things being done during the lockdown. Joining us from Chennai is dr inspiring ilango he is the of uh, vision inspiring ilango foundation an organization that is into suicide prevention and empowering people with disability dr ilango has been a motivational speaker he is a popular figure among the engineering colleges around here he also holds five records in adventure sports and is a very motivated man and he doesn't like to mention the fact that he is vision impaired but he thinks that is something that inspires a lot of people dr ilango i know that you are a person who like to stand before huge crowds inspire them energize them and so on now that you are caught in the lockdown how does it feel professionally to you first of all it's my pleasure to connect with all of you and very happy to be interviewed by subramani and number 2 i want people to start this tradition of wishing each other with the adjective healthy so healthy morning to all of you or healthy afternoon or evening or whatever time uh, of the day uh, to which these uh, people uh, you you are listening to the audio i think uh, the covid-19 situation personally if you ask me has not made any great impact in me because we are happy family and uh, so uh, we are proceeding well and fortunately we have not fallen sick and we will not i hope that no social gatherings i i i don't have jobs but then uh, there are uh, technology helpers like like this for example and people do uh, ask for my videos people do ask for my probably songs for example so all these have been there anyway but uh, i hope uh, I, i'm really hoping very positively hoping to 
resume normalcy as soon as possible now what is that one thing that people should do in these times of distress to keep themselves motivated i always believe that uh, there's a great opportunity right now for many people to become very familiar with the family to become more attached with the family uh, to become more uh, ex- expressive with families in fact i think there are people who i i remember certain people could not be even aware of the basic educational status in precise terms of their children so now that's a wonderful golden opportunity to become very familiar number one number two i think people can learn new things uh, to i'm i'm not uh, referring to the wfh people i'm referring to people who feel a little empty uh, as you said staring at uh, four walls Uh, such people can probably learn new things they can it's a wonderful period as stephen covey says 21 days to make anything as a habit people can learn new languages people can learn anything new uh, through online for example they can explore within a lot of things that they that that have been undiscovered so far all these things can happen right now i suppose and first of all the the inner confidence is more important than anything else people are staying at home not only for their sake but also for the sake of the entire humanity um, that that's that's a very good way to express human um, kindness or uh, universal brotherhood or whatever as you mentioned earlier you have small child and a wife and uh, now you're staying at home uh, in a lockdown situation you said yes. you're coping really well but is there a strategy or uh, an idea that you would like to plant in the heads of people that will help them cope with uh, you know having to stay at close proximity with their family members there is a lurking danger anyway because of uh, this particular situation of being at home all the time overeating might happen oversleeping might happen and, uh, restricting themselves to gadgets even Huge. when people are there with the families they might stay isolated within the family itself so i think we don't do all that that's what i'm trying to say we have fun we, I, i as i'm a professional singer i i entertain most of the times i sing uh, and uh, i think i have an opportunity to sing my wife's choices right now oh <laughs> usually nice. i sing people's choices <laughs> and my son is always a healthy child and he has fun going around of course we do have a neighbor also in the closest proximity and they are healthy as well so we do interact we do exchange foods for example of course in a very safe manner but then uh, exchanges do happen we play chess of course we talk about uh, positive things we discuss a lot of things i think uh, srilata my wife asked me a lot of questions about many other things that we we couldn't have interacted anyway uh, during the normal situation where i'd be traveling more extensively so it's it's a good opportunity i think and there is a one note uh, that that's one important aspect people should be aware of and i am aware of that's why i'm sharing it right now um i think your routine must be as normal as it used to be before i think it's it's a little challenging no doubt but one should really try hard to do that finally i want to ask you if there's one takeaway from this lockdown what would be uh the takeaway positive takeaway of there course are, from this there are three things i think one is uh, people should become we should become more nature conscious uh, in terms of not indulging any destructive uh, activities against nature and even uh, more positively involving in preserving nature activities number two 
uh, health and hygiene consciousness. These days, uh, people don't go to hospitals for any other reasons, I guess. <laughs> they go only for tests and so on. And uh, So health and hygiene for the individual and uh, his or her family. Number three, we are all a part of this human ocean. I mean, no continents, no race, no any uh, human-made difference should be there. So we should do everything for that stake of promoting that universal humanhood, if I may use the word. So that is, these are the three things. Thank you, Dr. Ilango. Thank you for spending your time with the DH Podcast. My pleasure. In the last segment of today's episode, let's hear Akash Sriram separating fact from fiction with a roundup on what's hot in the world of fake news. This is DH Fact Check. I'm Akash Sriram. In today's fact check, many variations of a message conveying that the government is now monitoring social media platforms and online communications have been doing the rounds. However, that is not true. The Press Information Bureau clarified the matter on Twitter on March 26th. Furthermore, a message has been widely spread on WhatsApp which says that users of the app will now see extra tick marks at the bottom of a message once it is sent. The message further says that these extra red tick marks mean that the government has either taken note of the message, will take action or has taken action against the sender. The Press Information Bureau has denied this piece of fake news too. To limit the spread of fake news and misinformation on WhatsApp, the Facebook-owned company has introduced a new measure. Once a message has been forwarded over five times, the app will allow you to forward the message to only one person at a time. WhatsApp will also continue labeling every forwarded message as a forward. A prominent Hindi broadcast news organization tweeted that four members of Tablighi Jamaat who had tested positive for coronavirus in Firozabad, Uttar Pradesh, pelted stones at medical personnel who tried to pick them up. Firozabad police accused the organization of spreading fake news and denied any incident of stone pelting and replied to the news organization's tweet, asking them to delete the tweet. The media outlet has since deleted the tweet and edited an article on the website to convey that four Tablighi Jamaat members who are hiding in Firozabad's Farsi mosque have been tested positive. However, this piece of misinformation has spread far and wide. Fake news of a Tablighi Jamaat youth who was diagnosed with COVID-19 Spitting at and misbehaving with doctors at Ames Raipur was doing the rounds on the internet and even regional TV channels were reporting such an incident. But according to media reports, Ames Raipur has denied the incident and Chhattisgarh's fake news control and special monitoring cell has deemed the news to be fake as well. And that is our daily dose of fact check. That was Akash Sriram with the latest on fake news. That's all we have for today on the Pandemic Podcast. Catch you tomorrow at the same time. For more updates on the coronavirus and other news, log in to www.deckandherald.com. Follow our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. To be updated on the go, follow our Telegram channel and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Take care, stay safe, stay indoors.